player 2 has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 168 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with nobody else today. I'm rolling solo, so I guess it's the one-player edition, whatever you want to call it, of the Two-Player Co-op Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. If this is the first time you're seeing us, or actually me, uh, what we do is typically every week, two brothers, not just one, get together to tell you everything you need to know about the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the video with friends, family, and everyone in between. We really do thank you so much. Even though Sean's not here, he thanks you as well. Um, yeah, this this solo podcasting thing is tough, but we're going to get through this. Um, if you really like us or me, you can go to patreon.com slash two-player co-op. I don't know if I did this. I think it goes this way. Magic fingers go that way. Uh, just like our producers, Steve Appleton and Aunt Sue did, as well as our affiliates, Logan Wilkinson and James Solar, as well as our two-player co-op partner, Matt Mitchell. Thank you all so much. We can't thank you enough. I say it a million times, but it's just, it's for real. Thank you so much. Uh, if you like merch, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two player co-op. And if you ever want to see us Twitch, if we ever do decide to Twitch, you can go to twitch.tv slash two player underscore co-op. Thank you so much. Uh, I got the display showing on the camera, so I'm just going to go ahead and do this. This is freaking me out. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, Sean's gone uh, forever. No, I'm just kidding. He's just on a he's on a cruise with his beautiful wife Brittany. Uh, they're doing the Impractical Jokers cruise um, somewhere in the Caribbean. I don't know where. Um, and I thought about calling in a a guest host for this either Skype or in person, but I just didn't know when I was going to be able to record. I've been out of town all this weekend. My nine year old son had a gymnastics meet. So there's no real good way to set it up and just try to get schedules together and stuff. So I'm just doing a solo podcast. The funny thing is though, uh, I don't know why audacity just came up, but that always scares me whenever it pops up. The funny thing though, is my time hop showed me, by the way, I've had over a thousand days in a row on time hop and I'm really proud of that. My time hop showed me that a year ago at this time as well was when I did the last solo podcast that was right after Sean and Brittany had their baby girl, Kira, uh, who is now one year old. Uh, congratulations to them and happy birthday to little Kiki. Um, so it's just weird cause I didn't plan on doing this one year apart, but it's kind of funny that it worked out that way. I haven't drank on here in a while, but when I'm podcasting by myself, I need a little bit of courage juice. So uh, shout out to Crosstown Traffic IPA from the great state, city, whatever, Memphis, Tennessee. Cheap pop. That's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, Sean is cruising like Florida Georgia Line. He'll be back next week. We'll get back to the same stuff. I know this last month has been crazy. We apologize for that. Sean had a wedding to go to, and then he was out of the country for a week, and then I was out of the country for a week. We got back for one week, and now he's left again. But after that, everything will be back to normal. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for hanging in there with us. And thank you to everybody that, that sent in questions for this episode. I'm going to get to them here in one more minute. But one other housekeeping item I did have. Um, I don't know what was up with Twitter this week with the polls not showing up for some people. and some. So we didn't give as many votes on this, but it was every time I went to check – on my phone where the versus results were at. It was just not even showing the poll. It was our tweet with no poll. But I don't know what happened there. But at the end of the day, the winner was... Let me see if I can get the exact numbers here. The winner was... Here it is. With 56% of the vote, X-Men versus X-Men 2, The Clone Wars, on the Genesis, 56% of the vote, they are the winners of this month's versus matchup. Number two was Tiny Toon Super Nintendo versus Genesis at 25%. TMNT 4 versus TMNT reshelled at 13%. And nobody wanted to see Streets of Rage 2 versus Final Fight 2. That only got 6%. I worry if that might be the wording of it, but I don't know a better way to do these polls because I can't write out Streets of Rage 2. There's just no other way to do it. So y'all might not have even known what you weren't voting for. But anyways, X-Men versus X-Men 2 The Clone Wars is the winner versus for this month look for it the last week of this month uh we'll probably record it here the next week or two then i get to do all the fun editing and everything on it oh by the way if you like this pint glass shout out to james solar thank you sir the hylian shield i'll always say hylian the 
insignia, the crest, whatever it is. It's Hylian, not Hylian. That's just me. Um, so yeah, the only way I can really do these solo episodes is if y'all help out. And luckily I reached out for questions for me to tackle to kind of buffer this episode and make things easier on me. And y'all came through, um, except for one of you, which I'll get to that at the end. Uh, but the first one comes from Kevin D. He said, you get three pie in the sky announcements to come true for E3 2020. What are they? So everyone that's been listening to us for a while knows what one of those answers is. And it's going to be the one I say first. And that answer of course is Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. However, the way things are going now, I'm going to add to that pie because we're talking pie in the sky here. We're not talking a realistic prediction or anything. My pie in the sky goal for what I would want them to do with this Metal Gear Solid 3 remake that I should talk myself out of, but I'm too dumb to do that is that they actually outsource it to Kojima Productions. So it's been over four years since everything went to crap there. Uh, Kojima Productions has established themselves as a legitimate video game making machine. No matter what you thought about Death Stranding, the fact that they were able to put that all together in a little bit over three years is remarkable. Um, I love that it was my game of the year for 2019. I never thought I would have said that going into 2019. But in a perfect world, I think the only... <laughs> you can do a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake with Bluepoint or whomever uh, and get basically just... Don't change any of the, any, any the cutscenes. I've said this a million times, but I'm going to rehash it here if it's the first time you're seeing this. Remake all the cutscenes, shot for shot, Original voice actors, the original voice acting, everything. But outside of that, there's a lot you can play around with. Uh, my 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 dream, whenever I've thought about my favorite game of all time being remade, is to remake it in the Fox engine with a control scheme that Metal Gear Solid Five had. Now, I don't mean you can Fulton bad guys because that then you're just breaking Metal Gear Solid Three. It doesn't make any sense. Snake's not building an army then. He's just he's trying to get his boss back and and whatever. But you do that control scheme because Metal Gear Solid Five. It's not the best story in a Metal Gear game, but it's easily the best playing Metal Gear game ever. Period. There's you can't argue that. If you argue that, then I you need your head checked. Uh, but if you take that control scheme and you put it into the world of three, change the enemy placements, add more enemies, do whatever. Um, so so that it's not just like because one of the problems everybody had with twin snakes was when you just take Metal Gear Solid 1 and you give it MGS2 graphics and you let them aim first person they didn't change anything about the game all the enemies were in the exact same places the bosses were all the same so being able to aim down sights in first person basically broke the game I don't want MGS3 to be broken by this remake I want them to I want them to do with Metal Gear Solid 3 what Resident Evil 2 did with its remake and what I'm hoping RE3 is going to do with its remake as well. Remake the game. The only thing that I will not tolerate is just those cutscenes have to be kept the same. Story has to be kept the same, all that. Beef up the controls. Let Snake be able to crouch walk. Let let add more enemies. Do whatever you got to do. Add more collectibles. I don't care. Like more frogs or whatever. Add a new, have monkeys jumping around like the monkey ball or whatever the, the crossover was with that. Add all that stuff in. I don't care. But just don't mess with the cutscenes. And because it, it's kind of like how Sean and I said in the last podcast, I think we're talking about how we were talking about some of the, the rumors about RE8. And then that led into a discussion about the RE3 remake and how I want them to remake RE4. And he said it doesn't need it. And I said it definitely does. I know that game's great, but the controls don't hold up. Even though Metal Gear Solid 3 is my my favorite game of all time, it's the same thing. The controls don't hold up. If you've never played Metal Gear Solid 3 and in 2020 you're playing it for the first time, it's going to be rough. It's just like a lot of old games. Um even Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, they don't, none of them hold up. Zelda 1 doesn't hold up. I've talked about that on here a million times, by the way. Check out our Let's Play um, that, that I did of how to start Zelda 1. But the game, as great as it is, it doesn't hold up 
in a modern setting, and that's why I just so badly want that game to get a remake. Um, do I think it'll happen? No. If it does happen, will it be Kojima Productions? <laughs> Hell no. But I had to say that that was my number one pie in the sky thing. Uh, next up. Uh, announce the Metroid Prime Trilogy. No, I'm done talking about that. I think that will come true. So I really don't think it's a, a pie in the sky prediction. So what I'm going to say is, I just thought of this when I got Kevin's tweet the other day. Uh, I want them to remake, again, feeding off the first one. We've seen all these videos of Unreal 4 running Ocarina of Time. And that game is amazing. But if you look at that original game on the N64, it's not as good as the 3DS version, mainly just because you get an extra item slot. I would like Nintendo to say, hey, Ocarina of Time, whatever you want to call it, is being remade and it's out this fall. Bridge the gap between whenever Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. But yeah, Ocarina of Time is getting remade uh, in the Breath of the Wild engine. And I'm not saying breakable weapons or any of that stuff that we all have issues with. I want it to be Ocarina Time with a beautiful fresh coat of paint, change up the control scheme and everything as well, kind of like what I was talking about with Metal Gear Solid 3, and put it out this fall. Not going to come true, but we're talking pie in the sky, right? Also, if we're talking pie in the sky, my last one, because uh, this is definitely not happening. Um, Nintendo announces at E3 that the virtual console with... All the games that were ever available on the Wii or the Wii U in their respective editions of the virtual console uh, is coming to PS5 and you can play every old game on your PlayStation. I said it. Uh, Pie in the sky. Is it happening? No. Especially with how, but if it does happen, it's probably going to be coming to Xbox. But I think even that is a stretch. No matter how buddy-buddy Nintendo and Xbox have been, I can't see that happening. Some people like Colin keep saying that they think that's a possibility. I don't think it is. But hey, we're talking pie in the sky. So yeah, put the virtual console. If you're not even going to put it on Switch, put it on PS5. And I mean, I'm going to be there day one anyways. But if you put virtual console on there and you add, my God, you add trophy support so I can like platinum, link to the past and Mario World. Hell yes, I will be there day one. So those are my pie in the sky hopes for E3. Thank you, Kevin. Great name, by the way. Next up, Ernie, the Blur Without Fear, wrote in. And he said, I feel like I may be late to the party, but, Ernie, you are never late. If you could bring back a classic game, say, Altered Beast, for example, how would you bring it back? Gritty reboot, lighthearted reimagining, Souls clone, faithful continuation, etc. Fantasy book it! Ernie, I love this question. The only reason I don't like this question is now I can't get Altered Beast out of my head, especially with Cole's replies. Um, all I can think about now is Altered Beast, but I do have another answer. But first, I'm going to say Altered Beast. And maybe it's just Sean beating Bloodborne and how obsessed he's been with it now and everything. And maybe I'm crazy. But I think Altered Beast, if you take that crappy, slow-moving, plodding, old arcade game, and you just take the idea of it and you bring it into a third-person action setting in a Soulsborne game. I kind of like it. Like I, I don't know how the best way to do it is, but I've, I, I look at all those, those enemy types and everything, and then I think of Bloodborne, and I think of what you can do with that world beefed up six, seven generations later, whatever it is since Altered Beast came out. I would take Altered Beast, and maybe it's like whatever, I think you would have to have actual weapons, you can't just use your fists, but maybe instead of like, you know, hitting L1 to do like the longer axe or whatever it is, maybe when you hit L1, you've got another meter that charges up your beast and whatever, so it gives you some way to, to get through some of the tough spots and whatever, and then it runs out, and you got to get blood echoes to recharge that meter so you can go back to your beast form when you need to or whatever, Um I, that's that's my answer. Just because you said altered beast, I'm like I can't I can't get altered beast out of my head now. Uh, so I was trying to think how I could do that. And I think that's that's my answer. The other thing I would say, uh, I want Contra to come back. And yeah, I know there was a game that came out this past year, but that was not Contra. That was a weird twin stick shooter that they clearly put 
no effort in. Uh, when I think of Konami, obviously it breaks my heart because of Metal Gear, but it breaks my heart because of Castlevania and Contra as well. Not to mention the Ninja Turtle games that they don't even have the, the rights to anymore, and that's why we can't play them on any, any of the classic consoles or anything. You can't play them legally, I should say. Contra, Contra to me, I don't know that Castlevania really works in a third-person 3D sphere. I think it could. I think Lords of Shadow 1 was trying to do, do something really cool with it. Lords of Shadow 2 went off the deep end, whatever. But I, I look at Contra and I'm like, I feel like the first time I saw a Gears of War game, I was like, man, something in my head went, Contra doesn't have to just be side-scrolling. Contra, I think if done right, especially if you do split-screen co-op or something with you know local couch co-op, could be done really well as a third-person shooter game. Even make it cover-based. You don't have to have the enemies take... You, you can still even... With, with, the, with the technology you have, we always talk about with these new systems, what do we want? Sean and I always say we don't want just better graphics. We want this all this power to be used for something before besides just making it prettier. Well, what if you take Contra and you throw it into a, a third-person shooter, cover-based shooter, with hordes of enemies coming at you? And I'm not... I still would like the soul of Contra to be there. I'm not saying one hit and you die. But the soul of Contra to where you've got all these aliens racing at you. And... They're kind of like the bad guys in Suicide Squad. Like, you just shoot them and they just die. Like, one shot kill, they die. I don't know why I had to bring up Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. Don't unsubscribe. Um, but, like, you could do something with all this technology to where you can take Contra, reimagine it in a third-person shooter, cover shooter kind of thing, bring back Bill and Lance and everybody, and just just see what you can do with it. That That's my other answer. Um, I, I probably would have thought Castlevania if hadn't already been tried like i said with lords of shadow and i know castlevania 64 that doesn't even count that that never happened uh but i think those are my two answers altered beast as a Soulsborne type and then contra as a gears of war-esque third person shooter thank you ernie i only got one beer this isn't gonna last whole bunkers next up this comes from nick shafani from Nerd901. Versus is such a fun and different series. What made y'all come up with it? If you could improve it, how would you? The funny thing about Versus, Nick, is this is one of the things, like, I can remember Sean and I talking about this. By the way, we've almost been podcasting for five years now. Uh, we have two big milestones coming up this year. We have episode 200 is going to be this year, and so is our five-year anniversary. Uh, I've floated ideas for both of those episodes. I don't know why I said it like that. Both those episodes to Sean. Um, and he hates me for both those ideas. So you guys should be really excited about that. Stay tuned. Uh, episode 200 and our five year anniversary coming up this year. But I think even before I'd have to go back and listen to the old episodes, but I'm pretty sure we kind of talked about verses before we ever went on YouTube when we were just audio. Um, Maybe they were just conversations off the air, but I think we talked about them on the air when we were just doing audio that like, hey, if we ever get into Let's Plays, I have these ideas of doing this comparison series. And it's not like I'm the first one that came up with it. You can go on YouTube, and if you search Street Fighter 2 Turbo versus Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition, it's not like you're only going to find our video. Other people have done these, but I didn't want to just do like... What, what I saw a lot of the times in these other videos was it was just like, Okay, here's Ryu fighting Ken on Super Nintendo. Here's Ryu fighting Ken on Genesis. And here's what the select screen looks like. Here's what it looks like. And here's the audio. Here's the audio. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to really put these two games, whether they're sequels, which we've been doing more of lately, or Super Nintendo versus Genesis. I wanted to put them against each other and really say, what has the better presentation, graphics, sound, soundtrack, all that stuff? What plays better and what has the overall replay value? Um, but yeah, I think the genesis of it, no pun intended, came early on in our podcasting career when I know we had talks off the air. I think we talked about it on the podcast, but I was like, Hey, if we ever do these let's plays, I've got an idea that I want to do when we stopped doing, um, the podcast every week, what year is it in 2018, 
we said, we're going to focus just on YouTube. We're going to do the podcast whenever we put up the bass symbol, et cetera. And we came back to doing the podcast. We, we loved it too much. We, we couldn't stay away. But I like that we got to just focus on doing verses basically for a year um, with some podcasts interspersed and movie reviews and whatever. Um, but how would we improve it? I mean, really, see, when it comes to what we do here, and this is me, I don't know if it's cockiness or whatever, I really think when Sean and I are together, we do what we do just about as good as anybody else does. There's some video game podcasts I listen to that they're just, they're almost, they're they're so hard to listen to because you've either got people that don't know what they're talking about or they just have no chemistry. They don't interact. There's some newer ones that are like that too that it's like, man, like, it gets frustrating because I know, I know we know our stuff. Now we don't know everything. You don't see us trying to like talk about Xbox and PC all that much. Cause, and when we do, we're like, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're going to be honest about it. But, um, I just think that the content that we have for verses is just about as perfect as I would want it. I like what we've done so far with this new season and you'll see more of it in episode two, uh, X-Men versus X-Men two just the little changes that we made when it comes to the presentation of it, Sean created, you know, the, the, the rolling background, as you saw in the rating section, uh, of our logo, just kind of going back and forth and changing the way we do that. So it's not just split screen with a black background. We've, we figured out a better way to do that. Um, that really the only thing I would improve on, excuse me, is if we had like a freaking in-house, if we had somebody like a Andy Cortez, Honestly, somebody that like, or, or Nick or somebody that like knows, first off, <laughs> has Adobe. Second off, knows how to use it to create graphics and, and not just graphics and Photoshop stuff with, you know, transparent backgrounds, but like moving graphics and everything. It would really just be the, the presentation side of it. Maybe, maybe if we had a different editor other than me to take like, to get a new set of eyes on it and say, Hey, you can cut this down. Why don't we do this differently? But I think the the core of what we have is what I love. Um, and I'm so glad that we brought it back. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite things we've ever done here. I always say it's the most difficult editing that I do for this channel. But anytime I go back and watch one of those episodes back, even the first one, when I had my weird facial hair and stuff, which was incredibly distracting. And I'm really sorry for that. But even when I go back and watch those, it's like, I'm really proud of what we did here. And I, I hope versus continues to go better. But if anybody has any ideas of how we could make it better in upcoming episodes, just let us know. I'm always open to suggestions. Thank you, Nick. And finally, some guy named Sean wrote in, <clears throat> And simply said, why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you have to make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. That's why, Sean. Miss your brother. So thank you, everybody, for writing in. I appreciate it. Also, Solar wrote in a couple times. I haven't played Hellblade yet. I'll get to that here in a second. I haven't played Hellblade yet. Um... But I know he's excited for me to play it, for me to talk about it. Hopefully, let's just go into right right into what I'm playing because I don't know what Sean's been playing because he's not here. Uh, I did play a little bit more of Concrete Genie. I will say this. So Concrete Genie just got to the point where the gameplay changes, which I did not expect because um, up until now, all I've been doing is going around the city and lighting up the light bulbs and getting rid of the darkness, the oil, whatever. And by the time I got to this last zone that I was lighting the stuff up in, I was like, that's kind of why I was alluding to it on last week's episode that I was like, man, uh, this game isn't clicking for me. Well, I got to the end of this part where you light up all the light bulbs and stuff. And then more st all the story stuff in this game I love. All, all the, you know, the it really makes you feel for Ash and the bullying and everything. It's like it's really sad. It's a really well done story with good acting and stuff and everything. And then you get to this part where you light up this last zone and you think you're going to rid the world of the darkness and everything. And then the bullies come back and they do something which turns the game completely around and you actually get some combat going forward, which I didn't think this game was going to have still. Is it difficult? Not at all. 
Is that a good thing for me? Yeah, because I'm not great at video games. Um, so it looks like when you get to the part where there is combat, there's going to be three different elements. Because right now, you have to fight this thing, and you get an attack on your square button. And then there's two blank spaces next to where it shows your square on the HUD. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to get probably a, a wind and an electricity if you played the game. So the first one's fire. I'm probably going to get wind and electricity, I would guess, to go through these sections of combat. So I do like that. I like that it changed it up. I really need to just power through this and get the platinum. Uh, I do think, though, if I wasn't on this quest to get to 50 platinums this year, I would have dumped this game already. Um, I'm hopeful that by the time I see it through, I will be happy that I seed it through. Seed it through, that I saw it through. You can't seed. Sean, where are you? Um, I'll be hoping, I'll be, oh my God, I'll be happy that I saw it through is what I hope. Um, we'll see. I need to just power through it because I've got Hellblade sitting there, solar. I'm probably going to play that next because I just, I've heard so many good things about it from Logan and it's a pretty doable platinum from what I see. There's just, I think I remember a long time ago, I looked at the list and it's like, just get all the collectibles and then there's one, I don't remember what it is, but there's one that's kind of tricky. But if I can get the Platinum in Concrete and I can get the Platinum in Hellblade, I'll be on a good pace for this year. And then I do want to play Bioshock because uh, it's free on PS Plus. I've never played the first Bioshock. I played Infinite a little bit forever ago when it was free on PS Plus on PS3. I just played through the very beginning, maybe half hour or something, and it didn't stick. I didn't like the controls or something, so I just moved on. Um, but I definitely want to play through Bioshock one. I don't know about two. I feel like I should play infinite as well, but we'll see because right now it's February as I'm recording this February 9th. And there's really, like I said, on the last podcast, unless streets of rage four, just shadow drops or cyber shadow pun intended shadow drops out of nowhere. There's nothing that I'm looking to play really no offense to doom eternal. There's nothing that I'm really looking to play until uh, Final Fantasy and Resident Evil in April. Now, April's when everything gets crazy, but I'm hoping to get through Hellblade, Bioshock, and start cleaning up some of these other... Pla- like, for my Platinums, I still got Tales of Borderlands. I've got that. I got it on sale for like a buck fifty, whatever it was, a year and a half ago. Um, I beat the first episode. I just need to go two, three, four, and 5. I just need to play through it so I get that Platinum that's done. Uh, Donut County, I can get the platinum on that. What else did I have here? I've got a note going. Uh, 50 platinums. Donut County, Tales of Borderlands, Hellblade, Genie. Oh, I've got Burly Minute C. I need to do that on my Vita, but apparently that's kind of confusing. It was a free game a while ago. I only downloaded it because it was an easy, somewhat easy platinum. But you got to do like seven there's seven different paths through this weird game i don't know it's confusing and then everybody's going to the rapture supposedly is a doable platinum as well i got that for free on ps plus as well and then i don't know if colin's game is going to have i feel like because it's colin i don't think twin breaker is going to be even though it's only 10 bucks i don't think it's going to be an easy platinum i think it's going to be pretty difficult because he doesn't like easy platinum so we'll see but speaking of platinums the other things that i've been playing this week and i'm i waited until this week to play these games because Sean can't be here to give me a disappointed look. Um, But as I just said, I'm on a quest to get from 32 to 50 platinums this year. That's 18 platinums I need if you couldn't do math. And I've had these games in my back pocket for a while. I just didn't want to talk about it when Sean was on here. Now I know He's going to listen to this either, hopefully not when he's on his cruise, because he, he should just be cruising and doing beer pong and stuff. But whenever he listens to this, I'm going to get a text, and he's going to be like, seriously, dude? And I have no shame. I'm not going to get 18 Platinums this year playing 18 incredibly difficult games. It's just not going to happen. So I downloaded three games um, on my PS4 and my Vita, and those three games got me six Platinums. So now I'm sitting at 38. So I'm at 38 Platinums. If I get the Platinum in Genie and then I get the Platinum in Hellblade, that's 40. That's a good round number. Now, again, my plan now, I don't know if this is going to work out this way because things are going to get crazy at the end of the year. With the PS5 coming out, I assume Watch Dogs, maybe of Gods and Monsters, 
whoever, what else, who knows, maybe Horizon 2, this, like the end of the year could be crazy. But my plan right now is I would love for Metal Gear Solid 3 on the Vita to be my 50th Platinum. So I'm at 38 now, GD will be 39, then hopefully Hellblade will be 40. But you might be wondering, Kevin, how did you jump up from 32 to 38 Platinums? And I would say, well, hey, I can just tell you that. You want to know how? There's a game called <clears throat> Foxyland. And Foxyland, now, I've had my eye on this game for a long time. I'm not going to lie. It's it's by, I don't know how you say their name. I think it's Ratalika or Ratalika Games. Really, it's a company that just puts out these cheap games that are like five, six bucks that are easy platinums. And they make no bones about it. Now, they don't advertise it as easy platinums, but the community, you know, we're building communities by peeing on mushrooms. And they it's easy to know that anytime these guys put out a new game, you might as well just buy it if you want platinum. So I'll go in order. So I got Foxyland. Foxyland is a game, again, I did it on PS4 and Vita. It's a it's a side scrolling game where you've got three hearts and it it looks like it's a it looked like it kind of could have been a Game Gear game. No offense, Rattalaka games with your cheap platinum games that you make. Um but essentially it's a side scrolling game where you just go through these not too difficult levels and you got to get through like 20 levels. You got to kill like four different enemy types. And that's pretty much it to get the platinum. So I did it on uh, on PS4, and I did it on Vita, and I'm not ashamed. Next, I played a game called Foxyland 2, <clears throat> which just came out. Uh, oh, this just came out a couple weeks ago. So Foxyland 2 still looks like a Game Gear game, uh, but now one hit kills you, so you don't have three hearts as your life anymore. One hit will kill you. It's still the same premise. You got to get through about 20 levels. You have to beat one boss. There's actually bosses in this. Um, you have to kill all the enemy types, etc. But now in Foxy Land 2, and I'm not going to take the time to put the trailers in here for these games. You probably know what they are anyways, but if you don't, just look them up. I'm not going to take the time to put the trailers in. But now you can also you can collect cherries. You can throw them at the bad guys. Basically what happens is these wolves steal your kids. They kidnap them, as as it were, if you will. And you got to go get them and stuff. But to get the platinum, it doesn't really matter that your kids got stolen. You just need to, you just need to to get through about twenty levels. And this is a little bit more difficult, I will say, than Foxy Land One was. So it's definitely like the Soulsborne of Foxy games. But uh, I got the platinum in that as well. I did get a little frustrated when I played it on the PS4 at first because you get to the boss about fifteen levels in. And it's just, it controls so bad that it's really frustrating. Now, these games aren't like, these aren't like the little, uh, well, God, what are they called? Little Adventure on the Prairie or whatever those games were called that were just broken messes that you can get an easy platinum. These are actual games. They just look like Game Gear games. And, you know, whatever. So I got the platinum in that as well, PS4 and Vita. And then I also got a game called Deep Space Rush. This game's actually kind of fun. So this is an 8-bit kind of style of, I'm looking at screenshots as I do this to jog my memory. Uh, it's like an 8-bit style. So basically to get the platinum in this game, you, you're you a little dude and you start in this spaceship, you go in a portal and it takes you into a level. You have to get through 100 zones, but the zones are really just, you go like every 30 seconds or so in a level, the door kind of shuts behind you. That means you got through a zone. You have to get through 100 of these. You You have to upgrade one item so you can buy extra health, different guns, different power-ups. You just have to pick one of those paths and upgrade it all the way, and it's an easy it's easy to do. I don't think there's any way to beat these levels. You basically play through the level, getting through as many zones as you can until you die. When you die, you respawn back in your little ship. You can go to the shop and buy power-ups if you want, or you can just go into the portal and go to another level and just start killing there's like zombies and like space slugs and like laser traps and stuff. It's actually kind of fun. Um, would I have spent money on it if I wasn't going on this platinum quest? No, no, definitely not. Uh, but I did that on PS4 and I did it on Vita. Uh, Deep Space Rush is the name of that again, if you want to check it out. So again, I've had these in my back pocket for a while and I didn't really want to listen to Sean like judging me and stuff. I know he's judging me from the cruise ship right now if he's listening to this. 
Um, but I did get six platinums this week, and I'm not really ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all, actually. I'm not. Um, again, it's kind of Greg Miller's fault because he put these in my mind again. Um, and I'm going to get to that 50 platinums this year. I'm going to do it. I've got some real games I can beat to to help that number bump up. Um, but I'm not afraid to just search for Rataleika games or whatever they're called. R-A-T-A-L-A-I-K-A games. Basically anything they make, it's an easy platinum. I'm not ashamed and you shouldn't be either. So that's really all I've been playing this week. Again, hopefully I'm going to get through Concrete Genie and then I can start Hellblade and go from there. So again, I don't know what Sean's been playing because he's not here and he's just slumming it on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. So you want to get to the news of the week, Kevin? Yes, I do, Kevin. Thank you for asking. Great. All right, so let's kick it off with this. So PS5 pricing, this comes from IGN. Sony hasn't fully decided on a price for the PlayStation 5 yet. It seems that it is in part due to wanting to see how its competition, the Xbox Series X, is priced, as well as a number of other monetary factors. Sony had its Q3 earnings call this past week, during which it was announced that the PS4 had its lowest Christmas sales period. In total, 6.1 million units were sold during Christmas 2019, compared to 8.1 million units during Christmas 2018. Again, we're getting to the end of the life the the lifespan of this thing and everybody knows the ps5 is coming so it's not that big a deal but whatever <clears throat> that was me editorializing chief financial officer hiroki totoki stated that he intends to ensure a quote smooth transition for sony from the ps4 to the 5 but he was questioned on how he will do this and asked which cost sony can control and the answer is complicated when it comes to how sony will price the ps5 totoki said quote First, we must absolutely control their labor costs. We must absolutely control the labor costs, the personnel costs. It must be controlled. And it leads to what should be recognized as a cost. Oh, my God, I'm going cross-eyed already. We will definitely control that. In the initial ramp-up, how much we can prepare initially, we will work on the production and the sales, and we will have to prepare for the right volume as we launch this. So he hasn't said anything yet. Let's keep going. What is not very clear or visible is because we are competing in the space. So it's very difficult to discuss anything about the price at this point in time. And depending upon the price level, we may have to determine the promotion we are going to deploy and how much cost we are prepared to pay. So it's a question of balance. And because it's a balancing act, it's very difficult to say anything concrete at this point in time. But when I said a smooth transition, we mean that we will definitely choose the optimal approach and that we would try to have the best balance so that we will be profitable in the life during the life of this product, end quote. Oh, did you get anything from that? Because I really didn't. Totoki notes that given PlayStation 5 is competing with the Xbox Series X, which has also yet to be given it a price, it's, quote, very difficult to discuss anything in relation to price without tipping the company's hand. Whether this means Sony will wait until Xbox announces price first or the company ultimately decides to announce a price first is unclear. But for now, the approach suggests Sony is willing to wait on this announcement. However, Totoki's statements also imply that the pricing, which apparently is not set in stone, will also factor into the level of promotion needed to sell the PS5. Sony will be helping its players transition to its next-gen console, too, with the PS5's backwards compatibility, allowing PS4 games to be played on it. Microsoft is promising the same blah, 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 backwards compatibility. So, um... First off, I think it's pretty easy to say at this point we're not getting what everybody was hoping for, which is a PS5 reveal event in February. It's February 9th as I'm recording this. This is going up on the 11th or the 12th, whatever it is. Uh, The PS4 was revealed in February 2013. I don't remember what the actual date was, but I'm pretty sure invites were sent out like two weeks in advance and everybody was all over Twitter saying, look, oh, PS4 is coming, PS4 is coming. Clearly, that's not happening here. I think that's pretty easy to see. Um, I do think it's interesting that Sony is kind of saying that they're going to wait for Xbox to go first. (sighs) What's funny about that is if the series... So we've seen these rumors that the Series X supposedly... and None of this is confirmed yet. The Series X supposedly is a good bit more powerful than the PS5. However, the PS5 is still like, I don't remember what it was, 20 times more powerful than the base PS4, whatever. I'm just throwing numbers out because I can't remember. 
if Sony is waiting for Xbox to reveal the price of the Series X first and their hardware is significantly not as powerful as the Series X, but probably more powerful than what the other series is going to be from Xbox, the Series S or Y, whatever they're going to call it, why even wait? Like, both companies know what the other one has at this point. There's We, we know that. Their, their specs are finalized. It's way too late in the game to be changing anything at this point. So you got to know what you think they're going to... Xbox isn't going to come out and put the Series X out there for 400 bucks. It's not going to happen. So if you're Sony, worst case scenario, Xbox puts out the Series X at 500. Best case, best case scenario, they put it out at 600. So Sony has to know, in my mind, what I really think they should plug in the price of the PS5 at. Make it 450. It's a weird number because usually new consoles are just a round, <laughs> a nice round hundred dollar number. Um, but oh Siri, no, don't you scare me again. If you if you're not a Patreon subscriber, Siri scared the crap out of me on the last. Oh my god, it was the scariest thing ever. Just go to Twitter.com/slash player underscore co-op. Uh, it's up there as well. Um, 450 is what I think Sony should do. It's a nice medium. Maybe the Series S is 400 and the Series X is 600 or 5. I, the, the Series X, if it's as powerful as they're saying it is, it's probably going to be 600. So maybe the Series S is only 500. Maybe that's why they're wait, waiting. I don't know. The only thing I hate about this is it's like every day I wake up hoping that when I when I wake up and I turn on Twitter and I go to my list and I go to gaming and I look, I'm hoping there's it's just going to be blowing up with... Sony has sent out the invites for the PS5 reveal. And it's just, I don't know when it's going to happen. Obviously, we we know we're going to get this system this year. Although people are worried about coronavirus now, so who knows? Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting that they're supposedly waiting for Xbox to go first. If there's going to be a power discrepancy there, I don't think they really need to wait for them to go first. But Also, Sony updated their PS5 website. For the first time, and all it says is PlayStation 5 is coming, launches holiday 2020, and then they say, We've begun to share some of the incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite yet we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation. Sign up below to be among the first to exclave to uh, this is I can't talk. To receive updates as we announce them, including news on the PS5 release date. PS5 price, and the upcoming roster of PS5 launch games. So now the funniest thing about this, it might have been Gary Wood. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it's like they really nailed all the keywords there. So in that last sentence, they say PS5 release date, PS5 price, and PS5 launch games. It's just hilarious to me. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm saying I don't think we're getting a reveal in February because that website doesn't make me think that there's any chance it's going to be coming out in February. So we shall see. Next up. Mm. This one came as a surprise, but then as I was reading some of the history about him taking a leave of absence and everything, it wasn't as shocking. But Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar. This comes from The Verge. Dan Hauser, co-founder of Grand Theft Auto Develop Rockstar Games, developer Rockstar Games, will leave the company in March. The news comes from an SEC document registered by publisher Take-Two Interactive. This move comes after an extended break taken by Hauser that started in the spring of 2019. Rockstar Games was founded in 1998, and Dan Hauser contributed prominently to the company's successful franchises, including Grand Theft Auto, Max Payne, Red Dead, and more. Yeah, you think? We'll get to how much he did on those here in a minute. Take-Two Interactive is a holdings company for Rockstar Games and hasn't officially announced the departure yet. Here's the snippet in full from the document. After an extended break beginning in spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, Vice President Creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company. Dan Hauser's last day will be March 11, 2020. We are extremely grateful for his contributions. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, and an incredibly talented team which remains focused on current and future projects. End quote. Dan Hauser, co-founder of Rockstar Games with his brother Sam Hauser, who is currently under the president of the company. In a statement, Rockstar Games said that Sam Hauser's role with Rockstar Games, which he founded in 98, remains unchanged, but did not elaborate further on Dan Hauser's upcoming departure. I can't talk. Again, as of right now, his role has not changed because it's not changing until March 11th, so they can get away with that statement. 
just for let, let me run through this what Dan Hauser has meant to Rockstar. He was a producer on Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas, Vice City Stories. Also, Red Dead Redemption, L.A. Noir, Max Payne 3, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, he was the head writer on games such as GTA 2, 3, Vice City, San Andreas, Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories, 4, Lost in the Damned, Ballad of Gay Tony, and Grand Theft Auto 5, as well as Max Payne 3, as well as Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, this is concerning to me. Now, we know Red Dead Redemption 2 took a lot out of everybody at Rockstar. One of the most meticulously crafted video games, if not the most of all time. A little bit too meticulously crafted for me. I still don't want to play the game. I saw it on Amazon the other day for 30 bucks, and I almost pulled the plug. But I was like, no, I don't have time to shovel poop and clean my gun and cut my nails and shave my beard and stuff. In a video game, i got to do all that crap in real life except for shoveling poop. Well, my dog buddy, he poops. But anyways, um, so we knew that took a lot out of everybody. And we knew he took the, the leave of absence and everything. But, again, I don't care about Red Dead 2. What I'm more worried about is... GTA 6 is obviously the next game they're going to release. We have to assume. For all we know, well, no, because he's been on a break for over for about a year. I don't know. I, I worry about GTA 6. Lots of rumors back and forth. It's in these tax documents. They're, they're going to really start ramping up production this year, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know... One of the best parts about GTA is the writing. And now some people have said, well, the world's too crazy now. You can't even make a GTA game. Okay, they can. And Rockstar is more than the Hauser brothers, but Rockstar is the Hauser brothers. Um, Obviously, they have an incredibly gigantic team of incredibly talented people at Rockstar. You saw it in GTA 5, you saw it in Red Dead 2, you saw it in GTA 4 and every other game they've made. Like, They have so much talent there that they're bigger than the Hauser brothers. This isn't like, while I'm nervous, and this is me, again, when I'm podcasting by myself, this is kind of like a stream of consciousness. The Hauser brothers are rock star. However, this isn't like Kojima leaving Konami and then Konami just saying... I mean, we're we're done. Like, who cares? Um, I think they'll be okay. I just, man, I worry about GTA 6. Rockstar hasn't disappointed in I don't know how long. Um, even back, like, GTA 4 and then the, the, the DLCs for that. And then Red Dead 1. Well, you know what I mean. Red Dead Redemption 1. And then GTA 5. Now Red Dead Redemption 2. They haven't disappointed on anything. It's just, it'll be interesting to see as we go through GTA 6 and whenever I finally get my hands on it, probably in like five years or something, if we're all still here by then. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the writing and the story and the narrative and everything stacks up to previous games without him there. But it makes me nervous, but I do have confidence that if anybody can pull it off losing one of their bigwigs, it's Rockstar. So we shall see what the future holds for Rockstar and GTA 6. Next up, any drink of water? I've got cat mouth. There's a lot of talking. Sean, where are you? You're in you're in the ocean. ASMR. Okay. Uh this comes from IGN. This is a funny one. And you know I'm kind of a Sony fan, not kinda, I'm a Sony fanboy. So this I just had to bring this up. This comes from IGN, and this is Phil Spencer talking about Xbox's competition. However, I'm just going to say, I don't really think he's talking about Xbox competition. I think he's talking about Microsoft's competition. And that's why this whole thing is so weird. But let's read through this. Again, this comes from IGN. A new console generation is almost here. But even though there are flashes of the old console rivalry with the... But even though there are... Yeah. With the release of the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, Xbox boss Phil Spencer says he's more worried about Amazon and Google. In an interview with Protocol, Spencer explained how Microsoft and Xbox, quote, see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward. This is because those tech companies both have top-end global cloud infrastructure, which Microsoft also has thanks to its Azure platform. Quote, 
I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with Nintendo and Sony, while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Ultimately, that's the goal. <clears throat> Google Stadia uses Google's cloud technology to stream games to homes, as does Xbox's Project X Cloud with Azure. In 2019, Microsoft and Sony announced a joint agreement that would allow the two companies to work together on developing, quote, future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective games and content streaming services, end quote. While Sony and Microsoft are considering the imminent launch of each other's company's console, of each other company's consoles, as Sony says when the company recently talked about pricing for the PS5, it appears that Microsoft is looking beyond hardware and sees cloud services as a new battleground. Quote, that's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position, says Spencer. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. So my first thing when I saw this ham- when I saw this headline and I see that, you know, Phil Spencer says that they're he's not worried about Microsoft or he's not worried about Nintendo and Sony and he thinks that Google and Amazon are his real competition going forward. I laughed because it would be a funny thing to say when you've sold less than half. Sony's now over 108, 109, 110 million PS4s. Microsoft doesn't even have half that many Xbox Ones sold. First off, so that's funny. You're right. They're not your competition. They're kicking your ass. Uh, and guess what? The Nintendo Switch has sold more than the Xbox One in less than three years on the market. Um, so that was funny to me. Because Xbox is getting the doors busted off of them by both Sony and Nintendo. However, when you actually read this, and I read on some other websites and stuff too, like I don't, I don't think because Phil Spencer. Let me take off my fanboy hat and stop playing the act, doing my character, or whatever. Phil Spencer is a really good dude, and he gets games. If they would have had, if Xbox would have had Phil Spencer in charge in 2013. I really don't think E3 2013 would have gone down the way it did. Now, Sony has still, even if you take that E3 out of the equation, Sony has still had way, way more meaningful exclusives and, in my opinion, system-selling games than Xbox has had. But I think they would have gotten off to a much better start this generation than what happened with connect and tv and dvr and your xbox and all this other crap where sony just has a 399 here's how you trade games we, we we don't need to go back there so i think phil spencer's a great dude i think what's weird about this quote is it seems like when you look at what he's actually saying he keeps talking about we and us and azure and all this other stuff what he was really sent out there to do with this article was to talk about Microsoft? Now, this is going to sound weird. He was sent out there to talk about Microsoft, not Xbox so much. And what I, what I mean by that is Microsoft, if you're a techie nerd, if you're in IT, whatever, like I am, um, Azure is a big deal. It's all their cloud computing stuff you can do. Mobile device management, Office 365, all this other stuff in the cloud instead of on-premise servers, blah, 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 blah. So they've invested all these billions and billions of dollars. And... That's more what he was talking about is what I think Amazon has their Amazon web services. Google has all their cloud stuff. We knew go- we, we know Google is doing the, the cloud stuff and streaming with games now, even though Stadia sucks and they didn't have any new games for like 46 days or something with no announcements. Like it's going to fail. I don't think it'll even be here at the end of this year, but regardless, I don't really think Spencer was taking a shot at Sony and Nintendo because he really has no right to because he's getting just his the, the the brakes beaten off of him. I think it was more looking... I almost think he was looking more past this next generation. Um, there's rumors and everything. Some people would say it's almost confirmed that Amazon is working some kind of gaming platform, service, whatever. Um, I think he's looking more towards that future maybe past the ps5 and the series x but i just i don't know for sure um so initially i guess what i'm trying to say is initially when i read that i was like you are hilarious because 
you're right. You shouldn't be looking at his competition because they're both kicking your butts. But when you actually go into it and look at what he's saying, I think he's being more of a messenger for Microsoft than he is talking bad about Sony or Nintendo is the way I look at it. All right. One more news item here. Thank you, guys. Seriously, hey, this is tough. Like I've always said, and I said this last year, but whenever I hear people doing like a – I love sports talk radio and everything – Whenever I hear people that are like that that do a sports talk radio show by themselves, um, it always blows my mind because it just seems like it would be so incredibly difficult to do without somebody to like Mike and Mike back in the day, um, SVP Ryan Rosillo. Like it's tough when you don't have somebody to play off of. Um, so this is tough, but I just want to say thank you guys for helping me out to get through this with your questions and everything. It means a lot. All that being said, one more item on the news list. Uh, Ubisoft has five AAA games coming out in the next year, and Jason Schreier broke everybody's hearts. If you're shocked, you shouldn't be. This comes from Push Square. French publisher Ubisoft has just wrapped up its latest earnings call, sharing details with investors on what to expect from the company in the future. Between October 2020 and March 2021, the company plans on launching five major AAA titles, three of which are planned to arrive before the end of the year. Each and every one of them will support PS5 in some way. Of the five games in question, we know for certain that Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs Legion, which I'm still saying, I think that's going to be a launch game. Gods and Monsters, maybe they both will. And Rainbow Six Quarantine, I don't really care, make up three of them. The same amount of titles are expected to release before the end of 2020. Before leaving two more... Bef- what? Oh, sorry. Leaving two more to fill the gap between January and March next year. The thing is, we're not entirely sure which titles will fill these slots. Hold on, let me get water. This, again, when you don't have a break to have somebody else talk, you get cotton mouth. Okay, better. Since Watch Dogs Legion and Gods and Monsters both originally had early 2020 release dates before delays, we think we're safe in saying that they make up two of the games launching this year. Assassin's Creed is more than likely to be the other to be the other, but that's just speculation for now. Blah, 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 blah. Publishers might put out, you know, patches for PS5, whatever, blah, blah, blah. An update to the article because Jason Schreier hates us all. I'm kidding, Jason. I love you. Kotaku's Jason Schreier has just tweeted out that the two Ubisoft titles currently unannounced are indeed the upcoming Assassin's Creed game and a new entry in in five... Far Cry franchise. We're sure you're churned about that one, Splinter Cell fans. So what Schreier tweeted, because he retweeted, because so Shinobi602 on Twitter, one of the best followers you can have in video games, tweeted, Ubisoft will launch five AAA games between April and March 2021, including Watch Dogs Legion, God and Monsters, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. The other two are also from Ubisoft's, quote, biggest franchises. This came from an earnings call. Schreier then retweeted, and said, anyone holding out hope for Splinter Cell is once again going to be disappointed. Sorry! And then he says in parentheses, it's Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. So, we've heard forever that the next Assassin's Creed game, I think it's been codenamed Ragnarok, I want to say, that it's going to be set in like Norse mythology. Um, pretty at, at this point, it's all but confirmed. Another Far Cry game, I, I've never played Far Cry, but they've never appealed to me, and we knew Ubisoft was going to be there at the launch of these next-gen systems, period. I said, as soon as Watch Dogs got delayed, I said, that's going to be a launch game on the PS5 and the Series X. Um, but to get another Far Cry game instead of Splinter Cell, it just sucks. In a world where, I know I did my E3 stuff at the beginning, I don't know when we're ever going to get another Metal Gear game. And if it's not a remake of something that's already come out, I don't know that I even want it without Kojima's involvement. Um, To be a stealth action espionage fan right now, it sucks. And it has sucked now for over four years since Metal Gear Solid Five came out. Um, I hate it. I'm super excited for Watch Dogs. I'm super excited for Of Gods and Monsters. Assassin's Creed, fine. Far Cry, meh. I just can't believe that. I will never understand why it seems like all 
gamers are united in saying, where the hell is Sam Fisher? And the fact that Ubisoft just goes, hmm, shrug, and doesn't give anything other than putting him in a stupid mobile game that's not even a you know a Splinter Cell game. I can't even remember what the hell it was. Some Ubisoft game, they, they put a little caricature of him in. Um, I just don't get it. It absolutely baffles me. And at this point, I feel like Splinter Cell fans should just be like me with a Metal Gear and just say, it's never coming. So that you're pleasantly surprised if it does. Maybe they'll remake an old Splinter Cell game. Like, I'm hoping they'll remake a Metal Gear game. Hopefully it'd be three, but who knows. Um, I don't know. Assassin's Creed Ragnarok does sound cool. Far Cry, I just don't care. Give us Splinter Cell. This is just, it's just, it sucks. It It's so annoying, and I really don't know what else to say. So I'll leave it at that. That's it for the news of the week. Shall we do the wrap-up, Kevin? Yes, we shall, Kevin. Activision has confirmed in the most shocking news ever that a new Call of Duty game is coming in 2020. Holy crap. I never would have guessed this. The weird thing, they didn't say who's working on it, so there were some rumors last year about what's going on with this year's game. It was in a lot of turmoil, supposedly, so we'll see. Um, Also, apparently, they are working on some remasters of old games or reimaginings. But we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, I talked about the coronavirus a little bit earlier, but Outer Worlds on Switch has now been delayed due to the coronavirus. Uh, This was supposed to come out, we just talked about last week, I want to say March 5th. Um, But due to the coronavirus, it's now being delayed, and they don't have a new date on it. So that sucks. This thing is crazy. I don't even know. We're, We're living in contagion. Uh, the Batman game supposedly being teased by WB Montreal, who all who clearly hates us all. Um, there are rumors now I saw that it's going to be a reboot of the whole franchise and that possibly there could be some co-op involved. At this point, honestly, like I was telling Sean a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm to the point now where they're actually pissing me off about this game. It's not funny anymore with all these teases and stuff, and I'm to the point where I just don't care about rumors and speculation or anything right now. I'm just over it all. I want a new Batman game so badly. I don't know why I said Batman like that. I'm tired. Um, But I'm really just sick of hearing about it. Show us the freaking game. Stop teasing the Court of Owls. Just, just, I don't even care if it's not out for another year and a half. Just show the damn game and make it official. I'm I'm just sick of it. Hangar 13 that made Mafia 3, they have a new game reveal coming, quote, in the coming months. And 2K also confirmed that Cloud Chamber's new Bioshock game is still years away at this point. Uh, for Sega kids like me and Sean, there's a advanced, enhanced version of Sonic 2 coming out on Switch for part of the Sega Ages collection. Uh, I believe it's out this week, but I could be wrong. Uh, don't fact check me there. Uh, they're adding in the drop dash from Sonic Mania. You can play as Super Sonic from the start. They're also doing a trial mode, a time trial mode, and they're doing like the Sonic and Knuckles version where you can play as Knuckles the Echidna for the entire game. The Fallout 76 Wastelanders update is finally coming out in April. This was announced like a year ago. It was planned for fall of last year. It's adding NPCs, hooray, and some new quests. Is anybody playing this game still? Does anybody care about this? Bethesda, you should be ashamed of yourselves. God help you if Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six aren't good because you're probably going to be in the toilet. It was announced this past week that Castlevania Season 3 on Netflix is out March 5th. I cannot wait. I still, I could have sworn, I know we've talked about it on the podcast in the last month or so, I didn't even know that this was confirmed. I almost thought that they were leaving it with season two and then they were just going to do Devil May Cry going forward. Um, I won't spoil, spoil season two, but the way it ends, I don't know how. I, I mean, I know how. There is there is a kind of a, a, a plot thread that's hanging out there um, to lead into season three, but one of the other, the major plot line is completely wrapped up, of course, he can always come back, so whatever. Um, but I'm interested to see where they go. They also did say there will be, quote, more mystery, murder, mayhem, and vampires than ever before, end quote. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and
And the last one on the wrap-up here, Red Dead Redemption 2 has now sold over 29 million copies. Congratulations to them. However, uh, Rockstar also announced that Grand Theft Auto V has now sold over 120 million copies. Are you kidding me? What's crazy is GTA 6 is going to be a disappointment, period. I'm not saying for people that play it or or critically or anything, but it will not sell 120 million copies, period, end of story, it won't. There's no way that that happens, and I feel pretty confident in saying that. Shout out to Rockstar, GTA 5, one of my favorite games of all time. Fabulous work. Congratulations to them. Kevin, did you know we actually have a did you know this time on the podcast? Well, yes, I did because I wrote it. Well, that's good to know. Folks, in the spirit of GTA 5, did you know that the script for Grand Theft Auto 5, how many pages long do you think it was? I'm going to let you guys think about it while I take a sip of water. You got the number in your head? It's probably not long enough. That's what she said. The script for Grand Theft Auto 5 was 3,500 pages long. In Ned Luke's own words, quote, It's a brilliant script. Dan Hauser and Rupert Humphreys, the writers, are prolific. You have to understand this is a 3,500-page script. It's unbelievable is what it is. They're up there till their fingers are bleeding, end quote. 3,500 pages long. Now, again, remember what we talked about earlier. Dan Hauser is leaving. Head writer. He's responsible for a lot of those 3,500 pages. I really, really, really hope GTA 6 doesn't suffer as a result of it. Um, But just think about that. 3,500 pages was the script for GTA 5. I just wanted to look that up uh, as a little did you know since I was ending with GTA 5 as uh, the last item on the wrap-up. And obviously we talked about Dan Hauser in the news of the week. That's it. Thank you guys so much for being here for this solo podcast. This means a lot for you hanging out here with me. This is nerve-wracking. I've got all kinds of anxiety issues and stuff, so doing this alone is tough. But thank you guys for the questions. Kevin, Nick, Ernie, and even that guy, Sean, for writing in. Thank you guys so much. That helped to to bridge the gap here and, and fill in the blanks on this podcast. Seriously, thank you guys so much. As you know, we're part of the Nerd901 family, so go to nerd901.com for all things nerdy in Memphis and around the multiverse. Like I said, check out the Blur Without Fear, Ernie Carruthers, youtube.com slash Blur Without Fear. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at KevinWhite24. Sean is at RealSeanWhite. Together, we're at two-player underscore co-op. You know the Patreon, Twitch, youtube.com slash two-player co-op. Just go there. Even if you're only listening on audio stuff, go youtube.com slash two-player co-op. Like, subscribe, share with the friends and family. If you are listening on audio services, leave us a five-star review and make Dustin Star proud. That means a lot to us. Um, if you do like audio, we're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and audio services around the multiverse. Also, facebook.com slash two-player co-op gaming. I'm trying to post this stuff over there as well just to grow and everything. And If you like us on Facebook, or if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, go over there and drop us a like just because when you see the post go up there, just share it, like it, do whatever it helps. Um, We're trying to get as many eyes on this as we can, and every little bit helps. So thank you guys so much. And uh, that's it for episode 168. Again, this is tough for me to do by myself, but it was also fun. Um, Thank you guys so much for being here. We'll be back with another normal episode. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I don't even know what I'm talking about. We'll be back with a normal episode next week on episode 169. But until that time, (laughs) 169, Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Thank you for playing.